0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night My name is Thomas and what's your name oh uh, I'm Alan, Alan. Oh, yeah, oh yeah 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 we're brothers that's right yeah yeah the that. mother same mother and father oh yeah that's right and we're known as You're the... In the photo I think I have on my fridge when, yeah. when? oh I, I, yeah I think we yeah. grew up together yeah I think yeah, yeah. your room was oh, we shared the room shared the right. room thought I knew your face yeah we go somewhere. way back mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah we should do a podcast then uh, we have we do, we do a podcast. What we do a podcast. What's it called? The Bro-cast. Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Movies, yes. We've covered quite a lot of movies with our compilations. We sit back here and we uh, we watch movies, and we do have, uh, give you, the wonderful people out there who listen to this, a, our own sort of audio track.
1: It also gives you an wrestling.
0: unwanted commentary. Yeah, you, you could just like I could simply just sit down and watch uh, a movie, but like, oh, these guys are talking over it. I, I I can't enjoy this. And if you dig professional wrestling, we go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW. And if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter at the broadcast. That's B R O. K A S T. up yeah. the ending. Yeah, it's alright. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. So, you might take it easy. What's up, guys? Listen up. It's your boy Malik, aka Narcolepsy Boy Ninety
2: Four, and I'm here to tell you if you're a true wrestling fan and you love listening to wrestling podcasts and you're looking for a brand new podcast to listen to, I have the perfect podcast for you. My podcast Twenty. 24-7 wrestling podcast, yes, 24-7 wrestling podcast, I talk about everything pro wrestling from New Japan to WWE to NXT to All Elite Wrestling to Ring of Honor, I talk about everything, I do reviews on on shows, I do predictions, I do top tens, I have guests, I do it, oh man, check out my podcast, the 24-7 wrestling podcast, you can go find it at uh, anchor.fm slash narcolepsyboy94, that's Anchor. .fm/narcolepsy 94 make sure you guys go check it out I appreciate it Hey yo Josh, let me get a little bit of reverb yeah
1: J will yeah, I'm about that lifestyle. I talk green work, rapping it all over. It's right on the T-shirt. Fan for a
2: lifetime. Yeah, that's a long pass. Figure I would show some love right on the podcast. Turn this up loud and make sure you don't do nothing else. Because if you're listening to us, then you're improving your health. My name is Jay Will. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Wrestle, flow, flow, flow. Yeah.
1: Vroom vroom! We just watched Fastlane yesterday. Welcome to another edition of Wrestling Reverb. Uh, Kevin is uh, here as well. How are you doing today?
2: I'm good. Enjoying the, you know, it's very beautiful here. This this today is very nice weather outside. I don't know. I was enjoying that. Now I'm going to enjoy this show because we have. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about.
1: Yeah, it's not the greatest. Oh well, no. I woke up to a very gloomy, cloudy day. Here, we're like out of just coming out of summer. We're in, well, you call it fall over there. We call it autumn here. Um, yeah, we're coming into autumn, and autumn in this part of Australia is just like cloudy, like humid weather all the time. And it's I don't like autumn. I like winter time, guys. I'm a winter body. I just want it to be cold because it doesn't get all like, that cold here, like, we don't get snow or anything like that, so, um, I like wintertime, but we've had this chat before, and you're more of a summer buddy, aren't you?
2: Yes, I, I enjoy the warm weather more than the, more so than the cold, um, I just, I don't know,
1: something about it. Yeah, but you would get, like, really cold, wouldn't you? You'd get, like, snow cold. Oh, yeah, it gets absolutely freezing here in the wintertime. Yeah, we don't get that, well, there is parts of Australia obviously that have snow but not here. We don't get snow here. Um like the coldest we get is like 0 degrees Celsius which is I mean it's cold but it's not like I can bear, I can deal with it. But I don't really feel the cold. I feel the heat. Like crazy, because we get it like real hot here. Like we get up to like forty-seven degrees, which is like hundred and fifteen in your land. So it's hot when it's hot. Yeah, that's, that's tough. We don't get we don't get it quite that bad here in the
2: summer, but uh, but Jesus, yeah. uh, and yeah, that's hundred fifteen like, degrees is
1: very 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 hot, and it's like that for like eight days straight. And like at nighttime, it drops like ten degrees colder than that and it's hot it is hot in australia guys if you don't like hot weather don't come to australia in summertime because it is hot <laughs> if
2: you, anyway. you don't
1: like the cold
2: don't come to the northeast <laughs> in the united states in the wintertime because you'll be regretting it it gets super cold super snowy all the things i just hate all yeah. wrapped up in the one convenient season
1: see that's weird it's like we're in two different universes it's like i all i know about yeah i mean yeah it's like all i know about that part of the states is that it snows it gets really cold and i'm sure you've heard that parts of australia gets very hot um so yeah it's like we're in two weird like it's like we're aliens almost to each other in terms of ge- in terms of geography but yeah we kind of are <laughs> We're literally on two different ends of the world, so um, it's weird. It's uh, that kind of stuff. I don't know why it just like zones me out of things. Um, But anyway, how's your? We've what? When was last time we chat? Last Thursday, Friday, Um, and we had Fow and we had Levi. We had a great time with them for fast lane predictions. Um, How's your week been, or your last five days been? Anything cool happening with Kevin? Um,
2: uh eh, nothing too much. I had, my baby cousin had a birthday party on Saturday, so I went down to see some of my extended family, which was cool, but, uh, and I've been getting over, I, I know on the last show I was said I was feeling under the weather, but I'm, I'm pretty much over that. You might still hear a bit of a nasally tint in my voice, um, sorry in, in advance,
1: but I'm feeling better, which well, is good. That's good. That's a good thing that you're feeling better, um. I'm the same. Nothing's really... Well, obviously, um, today, after Raw, I'm heading down to um, our city and our state, Adelaide, and I'm going to watch Fighting With My Family because I won tickets to go see that. So, yeah, that's exciting. I'm keen to finally watch this movie just so I can say I've watched this movie. Yeah, I still have yet to see it, so don't do spoil it for oh, me. Oh no, no, no. Don't worry, I w I I'm not worry i am not gonna spoil it, but um I'll certainly let you know if it's worth watching. Okay. Cause um yeah. I'm just glad I won tickets. I didn't have to pay to go see it, so I'm happy.
2: That's good. It's always good to see stuff for free.
1: Yeah. Especially with
2: movie prices. I don't know how they are in Australia. Oh, they're the expensive.
1: Bearded- they're yeah. Expensive. Um Everything's more expensive in Australia. Everything. Our exchange rate is horrible. Like so, your so say for example, guys, WWE shop. I believe your uh, t-shirt prices are like twenty-five dollars a t-shirt in the states. Um, I believe sounds right. Yep. Yeah, it's forty-two dollars with the exchange rate here. Ooh, mm. ooh.
2: So yes, here. that is
1: tough. Yeah, and then paying for shipping for things from the States or from England, um, it's usually like $25 at least, so I'm paying like 60 bucks for one WWE shop t-shirt, for example. Man, they get you good. Yeah, and I am a sucker and I do it. <laughs> yeah, well, you gotta have your merch, gotta get that merch. Yeah, that's true. Um... Anyway, um, obviously, we've had some big news since uh, the last time we uh, chat. We are going to be a part of Brain Buster Radio. Um, It's going to be a very, very fun... We've already had since... I think the announcement has been like three or four days since the announcement. Um, And already, I can tell that we're with an incredible group of people. And we are going to just... I think it's just going to be a lot, a lot of freedom, a lot of, just a lot of fun. Um, For those of you who don't know what Brain Buster Radio is, it's, um, I wouldn't call it a podcast network. It's more of a, just like a collective of um, very respected voices in the wrestling independent podcast world, I guess you would say. Um, So... For those of you who don't know who's on it, I'll quickly run down the list. So how it works is each day there's going to be an exclusive podcast to Brainbuster Buster Radio. Um, so each day there's someone different, and they get their own kind of channel, I guess you will. Um, so on Mondays, you've got Omega Luke Wrestling, which me and Kevin both know We um, he's a great dude in the... Wrestling community on Twitter. Um, then, of course, you got Wilford Watch's podcast on Tuesdays, and Wilf is the brains behind uh, Brainbuster Radio. A top dude, um, just ready to um, take a different approach with doing a quote unquote podcast network, I guess. Um, on Wednesdays, you've got Queens Collide and No Particular Angle. Um, I've been in these group chats with all these people for the last couple of weeks, and they are all just very respectful of one another. We all want to help each other out. We all want to collab, um, and Wednesdays will be a fun day with both of them. Then, of course, on Thursdays, you've got Foul Original, and um, Kev, we love Foul. We all know Foul. we all
2: love Fowl, it'd be great to be
1: working alongside Foul. And then um, we've got to follow Foul on Fridays, because that's the day of Wrestling Reverb, so um, Wrestling Reverb will be on Fridays, uh, exclusive to Brain Buster, but um, just to quickly, briefly run down how it will work, I've said on my Twitter and I've said on my um, Instagram stuff, but um, so on Fridays will be exclusive to... Brain Buster Radio, Um, and then we are still able to do, if we wanted to do six shows every other day of the week where we can, um, we're still going to have our show like in this slot, um, our Raw Day show, Um, that will still be a thing that's happening, and any other bonus episodes will be all on the normal feed, you're finding this on now. But on Fridays, you can only listen to Wrestling Reverb on Brainbuster Radio. So go to iTunes and Spotify, Podbean, um, and YouTube, and go and subscribe to Brainbuster Radio because that's the only way you're going to find Wrestling Reverb on Fridays. You won't get it anywhere else. So make sure you do that. Um, then on Saturdays, you're going to have the Mount Rushmore Badlands podcast, which as you, if, if people know mags. On Twitter, he's a great, um, great person, and yeah, he's going to be starting up a new podcast on Brainbuster Radio on Saturdays, and then on Sundays you've got the three boys from the UK. It's the Wrestle Thoughts uh, podcast. They're a great group of guys as well. Um, It's just going to be a really good group of people. Everyone wants to help each other, like I said, and everyone's got the drive and determination to make this. To make this work, I will say that on Saturday when the announcement took place of everyone that's going to be involved, um, they, it got a lot of traction and it kind of took me back a little bit to be, whoa, this is this is going to be really cool. Um, so... It launches April 1st, so it's WrestleMania week. Um, it launches with um, Omega Luke Wrestling. He's going to be opening it up on the Monday. Um, we come in on the Friday, and I can already tell you that that Friday show, the first ever show on Brainbuster Radio, will be a Brainbuster exclusive WrestleMania prediction show. So it um, will be two days, three days before WrestleMania. We're going to talk WrestleMania predictions. Um, we're going to talk NXT Takeover New York predictions. We're going to have a Hall of Fame chat. Um, it's going to be a big, big show for the um, the debut for us on Brainbuster Radio. So um, good week to start, I think. But um, all in all, I'm so excited to be a part of Brainbuster Radio. Wolf um, had a lot of people to consider, and um the fact that he chose us he chose wrestling reverb is a pretty big deal to me because i know that he had just mountains of podcasts to go through and there was only so many slots and um friday is a great day for us um it works for us it's a lead into the weekend for everybody so please make sure you go and subscribe to brainbuster radio because um all of these podcasts are just top quality. I think he's done a really good job of being really diverse. It's going to cover WWE. It'll cover New Japan. It'll cover British wrestling. It'll cover Impact. It'll cover um, AEW. It's going to cover everything. He's got every any, any kind of pro wrestling. Brainbuster Radio's got you covered. Um, and I'm just really excited. We're going to all be collabing at some stage. Um,. To go on each other's shows. So, um, Kevin, you'll be chatting with all different kinds of people from BrainBuster Radio, um, along with um, me, of course. But um, overall, I'm just really, really honored and I'm really excited to get BrainBuster um, started at uh, WrestleMania Week.
2: It's cool, man. That's it's a cool venture for us, I think. It's important for us to, to have done this. We're surrounded by so much talent. I've chatted with Omega Luke, chatted with Wilf and Mags, and they're all really – not only are they really good people, but they're really sharp minds as well. They're really in tune to pro wrestling and its ins and outs and intricacies. So it'll be a lot of fun to get to do some of the other shows, have some of them on our show, just – Hear wrestling from so many different viewpoints. Yeah. Uh, Brain the Radio is such a great collective. Like you, that's a good word to use, collective. Yeah. There's something for everybody. And I think everyone is going to be really, really pleased with how it turns out.
1: Yeah. Um, the, the thing I noticed about it most with the... Because obviously, um, I've known who's on the team for a little bit longer than the world, if you will. Um, we've been... Discussing for the last maybe two weeks or so with um, one another, but um, the the thing I like about what Will's done with Brainbuster is that he's picked six, seven um different, very different minds of pro wrestling. We all bring something different to the table. Every single one of us. We're not all we're not assholes. And we don't—we're not just going to argue with one another. But we all watch something different. We all see something different in wrestling, and that's what I like most—is that it's very diverse, um, very diverse minds of pro wrestling. But we all kind of meet in the middle. From the chats that I've had um, with all these people, um, it's just going to be really, really fun um, to just work with each other and. The promotion that each other... We we genuinely want the best for one another. It's not a competition. It's not... Um, we're not hidden away in any stage. Everyone's kind of getting equal love and and, and whatever it may be. So, it's going to be really, really, really fun. So, um, you'll st- everyone to... Like I said before, everyone who's worried you're not going to be able to hear Wrestling Reverb where you're hearing it now. That's not the case. You'll always hear us... Um, in this slot on my feed, like everywhere you get podcasts, and Brainbuster is going to be everywhere you get podcasts anyway. Um, so, yeah, just Fridays, you just search for Brainbuster instead of Wrestling Reverb, and that's where you'll find Kev and I. So, um, make sure you do that. You've still got a few weeks until WrestleMania week, so get subscribing, go to the Discord, join the chat. Um, you can chat in there with all of us. It's open, it's an open. Um, invite to get on the Discord, just go to Brainbusters uh, Twitter and you can find the Discord link. We can all chat together and talk about wrestling. Um, so this is going to be really, really, really fun. Um, but on that note, let's, uh, obviously Fastlane was just a, just a pay-per-view that happened. And um, Kevin and I have said numerous times going into this, we were just finding it a little bit unnecessary, but nonetheless, on paper, this card that changed a lot um, was—it was—we were looking at it, and it seemed like there wasn't really going to be a bad match. And for the m- most part, um, there wasn't a bad match on this show. Um, but anyway, let's um, start with the kickoff. What do we have on the kickoff? Uh, last. Yesterday for me, but last night for you. Um, what was what was happening on the kickoff?
2: Okay, so first off, I think this is what happened first. I might have the order of things mixed up, but it's not that big a deal. We'll cover everything anyway. Yeah. But first off, we have the New Day taking on Shinsuke Nakamura. This cobbled-together team that I still don't quite get of Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev. So this this was a pretty good match. I mean, it was fine. I don't, I don't want to call it like anything special, but you know, for like a random tag team match on the kickoff show, it was it was fine.
1: Yeah, um, I was eating my breakfast when I was watching this, so um, <laughs> <laughs> it was just I was just wanted to eat and before the pay per view, and I was like, yeah, but it was a fine match. I remember a few little spots about it. Um, I. I'm honestly not surprised that um, the New Day won. The New Day, lately, don't lose. Is that a fair assessment? I don't recall the last time they've really lost.
2: I think it's fair to say that. I also think it's fair to say that they don't wrestle very often as much as they used to.
1: Yeah, that's true. They're not really... Um, this match was so random because, if I recall correctly... On SmackDown, Shinsuke and Rusev were involved in some kind of a brawl with, like, the Hardys and um, Alistair and Ricochet and yeah. the, the Bar or something. Yep. Why wouldn't you have Shinsuke and Rusev fight the Hardys instead of the New Day? I thought it was weird, but, I mean, it it didn't really progress anything i guess or maybe later in the show which we'll talk about but um yeah i I wasn't surprised that the new day won it was just something to put on the kickoff i guess yeah and it was fun it was
2: fine um one thing that is important to note though before before biggie and uh and xavier went out for this match they were shown backstage right and they were shown backstage, and all of a sudden—and this is funny because I, I, the kid who comes up and tells them that Kofi, Kofi's to meet with Mr. McMahon in his office—I went to I went to school with him. Oh hell! Yeah, Christian Scobles his name. Shout out Christian if you're out there listening. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was a he was a he was a friend of mine actually. It's and it's crazy to, to that's twice that's two weeks in a row because on Raw. Not even, I guess, one week. But on Raw, he was he. You see him talking to Becky Lynch. Sunday, you see him talking to Kofi. Uh, good for him. Uh, I just thought that was a cool little note. Did that you I, pop? I wanted to share. Did you, did you pop when you seen him? Yeah, dude. I t- I, I messaged him. And was like, holy, holy shit, dude. That's crazy. Hell yeah. That's so that's so cool. You know, you never know. You never know who your friends are going to grow up to be. Mm. He grew up to be the guy that told told Kofi that he was to meet with Mr. McMahon.
1: Heck yeah. Well, that's a story, isn't it? Like, that's something you could tell your family. Like, I just told Kofi Kingston to go and meet with Vince McMahon. Hell yeah, I'm all about that. That's a cool story. (laughs) It's a nice little
2: dinner conversation. Like, what did you do do today? Well, I told Kofi Kingston he had to meet with Mr.
1: McMahon. Shit, my family would go crazy if I said that. That'd be like, what? Oh my god, that's cool! Mine not react. <laughs> my mum would know what I'm talking about. My my grandparents would, and they'd be like, "Who the fuck are you talking about?" But yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I thought. It was, I mean, I I thought, I thought it was cool. It was. Uh,
2: yeah, it's just cool. It was cool to know. But the 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 point is, Kofi Kingston's backstage with the, with the New Day. They're getting ready to come out for their match. And all of a sudden, guy comes up, says, "Kofi, uh, Mister McMahon wants to meet with you in his office about the WWE title match tonight." Mm. Oh, I got giddy when this happened. I got real giddy when this happened. They, I'll, uh, we'll talk. We'll talk about what actually happened later. But like when, they, when I met, when that came down, I thought, oh boy, we're gonna get, we're gonna get ourselves a triple threat match tonight."
1: Yeah, well, that was the first thing that ran through my mind. We'll talk about that more as the show. Progresses. Um, we'll move into the main card. Um, well, actually, first, I want—I have a little bit of a gripe with the kickoff show, um, and Good. just fair warning, I may go on a little bit of a tangent here. But okay, oh, please, let it out, let it out, let it. Stink. The kickoff show. Um, it is what it is. I personally like the kickoff show. It does get a little bit... It can get a little bit boring. Um, There's just talking and stuff like that. But that's what you get yourself into when you watch the kickoff show. So if you're watching it, you only have yourself to blame if you're bored. But I personally like the kickoff show. However, I like when the kickoff panel knows what the hell they're talking about. Coach is a fucking moron at it. He's terrible. (laughs) He's so bad at the kickoff panel you literally see him reading the script as he's saying words that's a WWE no no you don't do that in WWE i know that like i know that nobody is allowed to have cue cards and you're not allowed, you can have a like obviously the commentators have a script but you never see them reading that crap on camera never that's a that's a thing that doesn't happen in WWE the end of the kickoff if if anyone wants proof of what i'm talking about Coach is mid-sentence always looking down at the script so he doesn't stuff up his words. Um, Do that shit when the camera's not there and memorize your paragraph that you have to say when you're going off the air. I just find it, I just, and Coach is just really bad at it. He stumbles over his words and he um, just isn't very good at being a panel host, which is weird because he comes from ESPN and he should know how to speak to an audience. He just doesn't and it's weird because he comes from a wrestling obviously he comes from wrestling. Um coach has been there for was there years and years ago and he was great in his role. But he just doesn't do these kickoff panels very well. And I thought now some people have their opinions on Renee Young's commentary. I love Renee well, I don't love Renee Young's commentary, but I think she's improved greatly. But her, obviously, her shine and she um, really, you know, shows off what she can do when she's interviewing and when she does kickoff panels and stuff like that. Like hosting. Renee Young's very good at that. Coach is yeah. the opposite of that in my mind. He's not a very good host. He might be a good panelist, but he can't run the ship. He cannot drive the the car on the fast lane, if you will. Um, Renee is really good at that. Charlie Caruso does a fantastic job on NXT TakeOver kickoff panels or pre-show panels, whatever they call it in NXT. Why can't Charlie step into this role um, that was left when, you know, the void that Renee left to go to commentary? Um, Coach is just... I really like... I honestly do. I like the kickoff show, and I I know a lot of people don't, but I personally enjoy it. I can watch a two-hour kickoff and not really bat an eye to it, personally. Um, But it has to be done right. I can't watch two hours of Coach stumble along in a kickoff panel, personally. Um, But I don't know what your kind of deal on Coach is, but I think because Renee was just really good at it, Coach can't fill that void. But surely, in a global company, someone would see the fact that Coach isn't doing a fantastic job And, A, help him through it, train him to do it better, or replace him. I just think it's, to me, putting someone in that role. And, hey, to my point, a lot of people say this about Renee. And I understand it, because I understand that she stumbles on her words, and she does this on commentary. And should she be sent away to train better, to make herself a better commentator? Maybe I personally like her comments, I think she adds a different flair, but, um, some people don't. And I understand it. It's the same points I'm making about coach. So there's got to be some kind of a thing here. Is it just in my head that I just, I like coach coach doesn't bother me. It's his attempt at doing, at hosting a panel, I just think if you're gonna have someone on that screen for an hour, two hours, they better be doing a damn good job. Look, I'll say this:
2: I am a card-carrying member of the "I Hate the Pre-Show" fan club. I get it. I really, I I, just—it's hard. It's just hard to sit through like 48 minutes of analysis and then maybe like a 10 to 12 minute match. Uh, I don't really need the analysis part. Uh, for the most part, we can get that via Twitter or via our own selves. That said, I always enjoyed Renee when she was on there. I enjoyed Charlie when she does the NXT pre-shows. I hate Coach. I, I don't like Coach in any role. I don't even like him on ESPN, to be quite frank. I just don't think he's... Obviously, he was really good when he was back as like the you know the shit heel back in the era of the mid two th- late early mid 2000s he was good at that I'll yeah. give him that since he's come back to WWE I haven't been impressed by a single thing he's done you make a good point about him reading off the script because when he doesn't read off the script he trips over everything he says yeah and it gets him and it gets him it gets him riffed on by usually uh, some of the other panelist members are usually quick to pick up on that and make fun of him for it which I always appreciate I think Coach's role is really and I thought that this was perfect for him on commentary, was that he was just sort of there to get made fun of by Cole and by Graves. I thought that was a great role for him. As far as Renee goes, I, I would probably rather see Renee on the on the kickoff show than on commentary. I, I it's not I don't think it's her fault. I don't think she meshes well with the other two guys. I don't think she gets enough time to say what she has to say. I like that sometimes she comes off as a fan rather as rather than a journalist on commentary. I do
1: enjoy that. But I don't think she gets nearly enough time to shine. See, it's different, obviously. This is how I, like I've said to you and I've said on this show before, like when I was a kid, I would have loved to have been a commentator. That was always like I've told you and stuff like that. But um, I think her problem is, is that she doesn't know how to talk in, in commentary, especially I would assume in a three-person booth. Um, you have to talk in sound bites. You're talking in snippets. You're not talking in statements. You're making little snippets here and there to add what Corey said or what Michael said. And obviously, Michael Cole is is in charge of this. You know, he's driving the car. He's 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 in charge and, and steering everyone where they need to go. He's play by play. Um, and then Corey is your main color commentator, and Renee's just kind of there to add a little bit of a flair. Um. I personally am on the team of majority of the internet of two-man booths are better, or two-person booths are better, Um, but nonetheless, it's a three-person booth It doesn't really change too much in the fact of... Um, our listening experience—it's more so just the commentators having to get in what they need to say. And Renee on a kickoff panel has much more room to talk, and she's in charge. She is the host. She's not in charge on here. This is not where what—not what she's used of. But at this, that same point, she's only been doing commentary for what six, seven months. You've still got to allow her to adjust. It, it doesn't happen overnight. She was thrown in to this. I thought she did really, really well on the Mae Young Classic. She did a great job of commentary on the May Young Classic. But the May Young Classic and live television or pay-per-view is two completely different things, I would assume. So, um, it, it, it's if they want to keep Renee in that role, you have to allow her time to get comfortable in that role. And I, th- I honestly do think in the last six, seven months, she's gotten better. I-, I honestly do. Some people shit all over Renee's commentary. But anyway, we're digressing here. Um, Let's get into the show because we um kicked off the show with The Miz and Shane McMahon. Um, looking to reclaim the SmackDown Tag Team Championships from the Usos. Um, now, Kev, you can take the reins on this match because I know you really enjoyed their match at Elimination Chamber.
2: That's right. On this very show, I made
1: the bold, but my
2: you know my feeling at the time, I made the claim that I thought that was the best match on the Elimination Chamber card. So I didn't. Enjoy. I mean, I enjoyed this one too. Probably not as much as their first clash, but I really enjoyed. There were, obviously there are a couple great spots, including the the coast to coast that
1: was just whew, that spot oh, was uh, all about timing, yeah. and they timed that like bam perfectly.
2: It was, oh, it was perfect. I honestly, I I was out of my seat when that happened. But yeah, other but like, other, other than that, there wasn't like too much like you know, too much memorable stuff uh during the match, but it was fine. You know, Shane gets his licks in. I'm I'm in short bursts I'm a fan of Shane McMahon's offense. Like, you know, he does that DDT, which is alright. The spinning back
1: elbow I enjoy. He does it's beautiful, really just his punches. beautiful Russian leg sweep. He does yeah. a beautiful What Shane that see here's the thing that I find. Shane McMahon out of all the McMahons, Vince, Stephanie Linda, Um, he is Um. very, very trying in the ring, but he knows his lane. He knows that he does big spots. He knows that he does coast to coasts, float over DDTs, shooting star presses, horrible punches, um, Russian leg sweeps, and back elbows. There's seven things that Shane McMahon does. Outside of that, he doesn't do too much, but he knows what he can do. And he sticks to it. And he keeps up with everybody in the ring. I'll give Shane McMahon that. Shane McMahon keeps up with everybody in the ring. And he obviously understands wrestling. He gets it. He grew up in it. He's a McMahon. It's it's in his blood. Um, so I will give Shane McMahon that. He keeps up and he sticks to what to what he knows.
2: Yeah, he does. And... You know, to be and to be fair about the punches, um, I don't think people are bothered by them as near. I, I think it's almost become like a, like a, it's a, it's a, it's his signature. Like he throws a shitty worked punch. <laughs> I remember when he, I remember when he first came back to the WWE and was getting ready to wrestle Taker, and we were watching him, we were watching him move and stick and jab in the ring and being like, oh my god, this is the worst thing ever.
1: But he's always but since, done
2: that. Man, yeah, that's just that's just Shane McMahon. Yeah, and I don't care. if yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm I not really bothered by his striking. I think it's kind of funny, personally. Um, and I think he does everything else that he needs to do really well. Uh, you can tell how gassed he gets in there. By the
1: end of the match, he's sweating buckets. Oh, he is. He is sweating. That man is sweaty. sweaty.
2: <laughs> I mean, what do you expect? He's, he's, you know, past his prime years, and he's still out there just delivering. And he
1: looks really good. Like, he's... In really good shape for you know yeah. a forty whatever year old man he is. He's looking really good, but so did Vince. So I mean, it's probably just in their genetics. It's in the it's in the grapefruits, <laughs> yeah. It's in
2: the grapefruits. Um, trying to think if there's anything else that like
1: really caught me in this match. Uh, I, I do uh, know miss, the miss playing up to the Cleveland crowd was terrific. Yeah, that was fun. Um, the finish of this match, the Miz's shoulder was up the entire time. Did you notice that?
2: Yeah. I I, I noticed that a lot. Like yeah. if, if I were to be picky, I noticed a lot of the times the shoulders aren't completely down.
1: Uh, I just get over it. Oh, though, because no, I like it a, does that's the just sh- a... Yeah, I get over it as well. It is what it is. But I was just pointing it out. I was like, Miz's shoulder is very up here like it's very up like jay or jimmy whoever won um his hand was underneath mrs <laughs> shoulder and was just kind of like holding it there and i'm like oh shit <laughs> but anyway obviously there's uh, Yeah, um, I,
2: I noticed that
1: yeah uh not not the best
2: i don't think it's that hard to get your shoulders down on the mat for three seconds but hey
1: we don't um, do it
2: we don't know that's true. I'm not. A, I'm not trained in the the art of professional wrestling, so I I really don't know. I know I could lay down for three seconds and put my shoulders on the mat, but it's definitely different when you're out there also getting your ass beat too.
1: Yeah. Um. Obviously, there's some stuff to chat about that happened directly after this match. Um. Now, Mrs. Dad was also in the crowd, and Mrs. Dad is slowly becoming my favorite personality on WWE programming. Man, he is a very interesting looking person. Um, he doesn't really change his facial expression, which I love. He's just kind of like this neutral face, and it's. It's funny to me, I just like the Miz's dad, and the fact that they call him Mr. Miz, uh, that just cracks me up.
0: Anyway, yeah, uh, obviously
1: what happened um, after this now-, now, we were expecting a turn. It was coming, however, I, th- I could be just talking out of my ass here, but... I was expecting it the other way around. I thought Miz was going to turn on Shane. But Shane turned on Miz. um, Beat the crap out of him. Put him in a triangle choke. Pushed his dad down. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. Because I was expecting it the other way, I think. Um, But even in Cleveland, the Miz's hometown... I think it's just a thing that just happens now in wrestling. When someone turns heel, it's very mixed. There's, There was obviously, he was obviously getting booed. But there was a very big cheer when he hit the Miz. I think people were ready for the heel turn because um, I just was expecting it the other way. But um, Shane and Miz is obviously something we've been talking about that's going to happen at Mania for months. Um, I've... Genuinely thought the story has been really well told. It's a very underappreciated story going on in WWE. It hasn't had any flaws. It's had the perfect build to this moment. And um, Shane and Miz at Mania sits well with me. Um, what do you think about the turn? And did you think it was going to be the other way around? No, I actually
2: was... I was right on in my mind thinking that it was going to be Shane... And I thought that because they were in, because just because they were in Cleveland, I figured Miz is gonna eat the pin and Miz is gonna get his ass beat by Shane after the match. And I didn't, what I didn't see coming was Shane uh, sort of attacking Miz's dad. Ah, oh, that was crazy. Um, and I wanted to just echo a point about uh, Mr. Miz. I love uh, to your point about his face not really changing. I love it because they cut to him, so they cut to him a couple times during the match. Like Miz would hit a big spot, like when Miz jumped off the top rope under the outside and took out uh, took out the Usos. They caught to Miz's dad, and Miz's dad looked about as plain as you could look. Yeah. He's clapping, sure, but he's just sort of like his face was just sort of like, eh, "Seen it."
1: Yeah, I just yeah. really really appreciated it. Like I was like, "Hell yeah, Mister Miz." Um, I just really really like Mister Miz. Do you reckon he's going to be involved in this story or are we just excited to see something different? But, I mean, is he is he going to be involved in this leading into Mania? I think we'll see him at Mania. I don't know if we're going to see him
2: that much the next couple of weeks on the road too. Yeah. But I'm sure he'll be there and I'm sure when Miz gets that win over Shane, he'll, he'll be coming in the ring to celebrate. Hell yeah.
1: Hell It'll yeah. Be cool. It'll
2: be a cool moment.
1: But, yeah, overall, the match was... um. good way to start, obviously, in Miz's hometown. The heel turn was cool. Um, I I really did enjoy it. I actually probably enjoyed this go-round with the Usos more than I enjoyed the Elimination Chamber one. But I know that's not your opinion. (laughs) That's mine. Um, But anyway, moving on, um, we had Kofi Kingston, I believe this was next, waiting out of Vince McMahon's office to go and see uh, the New Day come along and kind of barge in and, um, you know, telling Vince that they should make this a triple threat and put Kofi in the match. Um, Vince decides that he's going to make it a triple threat and um, tells Kofi to go to the ring right now. Um, so, seemingly, we have a triple threat match for the WWE Championship with Kofi Kingston added in. Um, Kofi comes to the ring and then is informed that this is... Not the triple threat match that will be taking place later tonight. And it's now a handicap match and in comes the bar. Now, we had a... We DM'd each other a few times during Fastlane. Um, this was one of the times and we had two different opinions on this. Because in my mind... I'll explain my point, and then you can go ahead and do yours in a second. But in my mind, this is perfect. Because Fastlane is not the place to put... If they're going to put a WWE Championship on Kofi Kingston, Fastlane is not the place to do it. It's it's not. You have to build to Mania. Um, Him getting his ass kicked for this entire match and losing in a handicap match... Just makes us want to see Kofi Kingston win even more. We'll talk about the triple threat later, but obviously there was some Kofi chance throughout that match. Um I understand that, you know, this is a it's a very common path to take with building someone, but you do gotta gain sympathy and make him the most over you can make him for WrestleMania. Because I think it's pretty certain that we're going to get Kofi involved in the WWE Championship picture at Mania. Um, whether it's one-on-one, whether it's 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 some kind of multi-deal match, um, Kofi's going to be in that spot. Um, and we want the biggest face we can get. People always complain that WWE don't have credible faces and they only really build their heels. Well, this is them trying to build their faces. Um, a babyface... A baby face is built on sympathy and, um, admiration and, um, respect. And Kofi to me is that perfect, he's the perfect egg to do that on. Um, so I really, the match was what it was. It was just five, six minutes of him, them beating up Kofi Kingston, really. Um, one thing about this pay-per-view is they had a lot of filler, There was a lot of in-between segments. There was a lot of that. Um, But, yeah, Kofi got beat up. The New Day come out. Shinsuke and Rusev, I believe, come down and and beat the crap out of the New Day. Um, And then the bar go over. Um, It just, to me, it adds to Kofi's sympathy. But um, I know you had a different point of view. So shoot me with that one.
2: Okay, so I see your point. I get that. I get what they're trying to do. I get that they want to make Kofi a more sympathetic character. I just think that there was such a. I I just thought it was like overly complicated what they did. Yeah. You you call Kofi in. You tell him he's in a match. You you send him out there. From the minute they sent him out there, right now, you knew something was up because no way the WWE title match was going to be that early in the show. So people already know the gig is up. You send him out there, and then you just you just walk them into t- to a two on one handicap. Um, I just think it would have been just as easy, and people you you still would have got people chanting for Kofi, which I think is weird because you you bet you almost purposely made you almost purposely had the fans hijack your WWE title match because they wanted Kofi so bad. I don't even think they should. have. I think that they just. A, should have left him off the show. People would have still chanted. You still would have got the same end result. Or just short and sweet, call Kofi into the office, tell him he's not in the triple threat, tell him he's not in the match. That's going to get people mad. That's going to get people chanting his name. That's going to build sympathy for him. I I thought that it was a very on-pay-per-view-worthy segment to have him just go out there and and fill time for a couple minutes. I think that's not what he's about. I don't even think this really did any favors for the bar because Kofi looked like at one point, like he looked like he was holding his own. So I'm not sure if this did really any favors for the bar either. Although it makes them just sort of hired henchmen, which is what all heel tag teams essentially aspire to be, I guess. So, you know, they're heel henchmen. But I don't know. I just, I thought this was like sort of overdone.
1: Yeah, I understand. It's maybe a little overbooked. Um, but. <sighs> I guess we can agree to disagree in a way, but I definitely understand. I yeah, yeah. It's um, <laughs> it, it, did Regardless, I guess it worked. I guess, but I mean, there was other ways that they definitely could have done it. Um. Anyway, moving on from that, um, we had I don't know where the Elias three segments were at the show. I don't know if whether it was here or whether it was before that Kofi segment. But Elias sung a song about Kofi in the first one. Um, and he didn't get interrupted in his first one. So that's kind of neat for Elias, I guess. And honestly, so Elias went from heel to face to heel, but now he's getting cheered again. So
2: Yeah, I mean, it sucks because he's so good at being a heel, but he's never going to... But he's like... He'll, he'll get his booze for when he... You know he makes fun of whatever town he's in, but people still want to cheer him. Yeah, uh, and that's not going to change.
1: Yeah, I I agree. Um, so yeah. Anyway, that was the first of the th- the three Elias segments. Um, what do we have next? What was what was the next match? <laughs> I've completely blanked. I, I believe it was Mandy Rose and Oscar. Oh yes, was that before the Kofi stuff?
2: I have no clue.
1: Either right.
2: <laughs> I'll be e- honest with you. I am really bad at remembering match orders, and especially on pay per views that like aren't top tier pay per views. So
1: yeah, I I'm should just have, should have wrote Oscar. it down. But I know it was Mandy Rose and Oscar definitely happened. Um, now I'm gonna. Sorry if you want to take the reins on this one, but I'm gonna steer the ship on this one because you know you my ahead. love. You know my love this is for Mandy. Your child. Okay, so. Now, with the exception of Lacey Evans, I love my Mandy Rose. She is just w- wowzer to me. Anyway, now there's been some s- some skeptics of Mandy Rose, Mandy Rose's wrestling ability. I guess it was what people have a problem with. And the fact that she's, she's hot, she is what maybe the diva era of wrestling would expect... Um, now, I don't think Mandy Rose is the greatest wrestler ever. She's not. But, I think she can hold up, and she can hold her own, and she can do what she can do. And I don't think she's at all a bad wrestler. However, in this match with Oscar, I... Mandy Rose didn't do a lot great. And I'll be the first one to eat my own words on that one. Um, Mandy Rose did not impress me in this match. Especially with a talent like Oscar, um, who does not have bad matches, Oscar does not have bad matches. This wasn't a bad match. I just think some things that Mandy did were a little subpar. She went for a um, military press slam that did not work. Um, some of Mandy Rose's selling, in my opinion, is a little off. Um, however, she does a great bicycle knee. Um, she can take a beating when it's it's needed. Um, this match wasn't all that long. Um, now I want it personally. I would have loved to see Mandy Rose win just so people would whinge, but I like we DM'd each other during this match. I wasn't going to hold my breath. I honestly didn't think Mandy Rose was actually going to win. Um, the finish of this match was, uh, Interesting, I guess is the word. So, Sonia DeVille... Yeah. Um, oh, can I just mention something that happened on the kickoff? EC3 is no longer a mute. He can talk. And he tried to hit on Mandy Rose, but then Sonia DeVille basically told him to piss off. It was weird. Anyway, um, Sonia DeVille, she got a kendo stick out from underneath the apron um the apron was left on the ring mandy rose went to run and she slipped on the ring mat apron thingo and then asuka kicked her in the face and i mean she kicked her in the face she checked mandy rose it connected yeah. she got her um i don't know how to feel about that finish it was really odd um In execution, I didn't even think... Honestly, in theory, it wasn't a great idea. It was a really odd finish to a wrestling match, in my opinion. Um, But the execution wasn't fantastic either.
2: Yeah, I wasn't crazy about really any of this. Um, I I want... The match length—it was too short. I, I know people don't want to see many Rose wrestle too long, but like I don't feel that way about her. I don't have a problem with her in the ring. Um, she, I think she's doing fine for herself. She does hit a wicked pump knee. Yeah. I love—I love that knee. Yeah, she does that she's well. Strong. She's strong. Like, obviously, she did botch that military press, but she could do—you know—feats of strength pretty yeah, well. She can. And then. To have you know, you have so that's talent. That's talent on both. Obviously, Oscar's talented. That's talent on both sides, and you just don't give them any chance. You don't give them time to shine. You you put them in. And that that finish was an unwinnable situation for either of them because like, it was gonna look stupid that Manny slipped, fell, and walked into a foot. Like it's also gonna look bad that I. Yeah, I, I realized how that sounded as it came out of my mouth.
1: But, uh, no, but like, and then honestly, like. Sometimes with wrestling people are always like oh wrestling is going to be different and you got to do different things but sometimes doing stuff that works works like why wouldn't you have Sonya get up on the apron um like go to distract Oscar or the referee or something and it inadvertently distracts Mandy or you going to have Sonya come in and try to hit Oscar, but she accidentally gets Mandy It's Wrestling 101 and that stuff to me works and you don't need to change that up, in my opinion. Sometimes when wrestling's the same as it's been for the last 30 years, just go with it. We know, we, we, and it worked, it it wouldn't come across so corny. it come across very corny. Um, They were clearly trying to get that same, uh, uh, like... The Same finish in a very weird way, if you get me. But um, nonetheless, yeah. Oscar went over. She checked Mandy in the face. The SmackDown women's title has fallen so much because they don't invest any time into this. This was literally just a match to get Oscar and Mandy on the card. It looks like they're maybe going with Splitsville for Sonya and Mandy, which is odd. Um, yeah. But- I don't think it's the right time. You just
2: had these tag titles introduced into the division. Uh, Sonya and Mandy were the last team to lose in the Elimination Chamber. They were the last team left before the Boston Hog Connection won the match. Where's their title shot? Why did they get jumped? I, I, I And they're getting a jump. I, the Iconics are next in line, it seems, which I know you love, and I also love the Iconics. and I'm, I'm in for that match. But it does like it does feel like they got skipped somewhere, Sonia Sonya and Mandy. Yeah. I don't think
0: it's
2: going like to split up yet. I think they could do some more stuff as a tag team. Also, just just a quick point, what does it say about Oscar that she needed a fluke
1: like that to win? Oscar yeah, in so you look at Oscar's run as what five hundred days or whatever it was as NXT champion. Um maybe not that long, but either either. Um She was a dominant champion. She didn't win by flukes or... She won because she kicked people in the face or she made them tap. Um, It, to me, they have not booked Oscar as a dominant champion. She's just been... I hate saying this, but she's almost in the phase of being a transitional champion. She is there to hold the championship until they wanted to give it to someone else, which is... Just, I don't like saying that, because even though I'm not personally a huge Oscar fan, Oscar's incredible. I've said this many times, Oscar can get in the ring and bring anybody else up. Um, she does that. But, the SmackDown, you know, here's another thing that's kind of grinding my gears a little bit. Why is it that it seems that every match at Mania this year is building to be a multi-person match? I don't. It want... seems
2: like they can't book straightforward one-on-one stories anymore because, like the one, the one story they have going that's one-on-one right now, they're not booking it very well because Rollins is busy with the Shield. Hopefully, obviously that's going to change. Yeah, but Lesnar doesn't show up half the time.
1: It, it's so they're
2: it, not it, building a one-on-one show, and then everything else. Yeah, it seems like they're just doing multi-man it's because it's be easier to get on multi- the card. do
1: you know what I don't like about you know what I I don't mean this in a, a negative way at all, but like okay, yes, I understand that they want to they give everyone the WrestleMania experience, and they want to do that. But I don't, I'm not in the vein of everybody needs to be on the card. You should earn that spot on a WrestleMania card. Yeah. But at the same time, that's what they have the Battle Royals for on the kickoff, is for the people that aren't in a story, that aren't in these spectacles at WrestleMania, that's what their spot is. You want to get everyone on the card? Chuck them in the battle royal. If you don't like that, work harder for next year. That's my opinion. Yeah. Oh, um, I agree. And it looks like they're building, we'll talk about all these as we're going along, but it looks like they're building multi team matches for the um, all three tag team championships are probably going to be multi team matches. Um, the SmackDown women's title is. We don't know, but it could easily that they're building to a triple threat with Mandy, Sonya, and Asuka. That could be a thing that they're doing. And I have that in the back of my head as that may be something that they're looking at doing. Um, You've got the triple threat match, which we'll talk about with the Royal Women's title. You've got um, it, uh, the WWE Championship match could easily be a four-way. It could easily be a triple threat. It's not solid that it's going to be a one-on-one contest. Um, the, IC- the, the US title, who knows? The Intercontinental title, who the fuck knows what's going on with that? Um, and then everything else that you add into the equations of WrestleMania. I, for one, I don't mind a couple of. Obviously, you have a couple of multi-person matches. That's just a part of the game. You're probably going to have, you know, sixty matches on the WrestleMania card, so you need to you need to break up some one-on-one matches. I get that. But, man, you can't have... It's not WrestleMania 2000. If you look at WrestleMania 2000, every one of those matches was a multi-person match. And all bar the triangle ladder match, they all sucked. The matches weren't good on that show. It's it's known as one of the... Um, not the greatest uh, WrestleMania matches out. Uh, WrestleMania events yeah. out there. Um, it It's just... Like I said, I, hey, I love a good Fatal 4-Way or a good Triple Threat, but not every single match needs to be... It. You, you have to have your straight-up one-on-one matches. However, um, moving on, because, I mean, we're only like the third match in, and we could rant about that for a long time, I'm sure. Well, I know I could. Um, <laughs> so, what was next on the card? What was match number four? Was it the Raw Tag Team Championships? Maybe? I'm, I'm literally, like,
2: looking it up now. I, I think it was the Raw Tag Team titles. I am fairly certain.
1: Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> That's how interesting... It,
2: that doesn't say good things about this pay-per-view that you can't just remember stuff like that, you know?
1: <laughs> the pay-per-view, honestly, though, we'll talk about our overall reactions at the end, but actually, it wasn't bad. It's just, um... It wasn't bad. we was just, just ready. We uh, just want to get to main. Trust me, Kevin yeah. and I will be not like this, our WrestleMania recap show, because we'll be no, very I
2: much. No. I, when we get to WrestleMania, I'll be able to tell you all like 14 matches in a row, who won.
1: I could probably tell what you the, the time. Was, time. <laughs> like, uh, anyway. What
2: color, What color boots they're wearing. Fastlane doesn't do it for me. No. It's the point.
1: Um, I think it was the Raw Tag Team Championship match. It was.
2: I've, I've got it pulled up here now, and it was, in fact, the Raw Tag Team titles.
1: So we had Alistair Black and Ricochet. We had The Revival, and we had Chad Gable and Bobby Root. Now, to be honest, this match was pretty damn good. It was a pretty yeah. damn good match, and I was expecting it to be good because look at the six people that are in it. Um, I've always stated Tag Team Wrestling... Not my thing, but when it's done well, it's done brilliantly. And this was pretty damn good.
2: Yeah, I liked a lot of what this match had to offer. Uh, like you said, you look at the six names in there. Alistair Black, Ricochet, Dash and Dawson, Roode and Gable. Six really talented individuals and, six, and three really talented tag teams. Um, I think the right team won. I don't really see much of a future for Black and Ricochet as a tag team because I think they're both single stars. And it just doesn't feel right to put the belts on G- Rude and Gable. So I'm glad that the Revival got a big win. That's a big win over some talented competitors. And we haven't seen them win like shit. We haven't seen them win since they won the tag titles. They, they've lost, I think, every match they've had on Raw since then. Which is wild, but you know what? That's fine. They're rebuilding the Raw Tag Team Division, and matches like this are going to go a long way into getting eyes back on the division because for a while there, it was dead in the water. It was absolute dead weight, dragged every show down. No one cared about it. I didn't care about it, but I cared about this match. I care about these three teams, and I care about the future of the Raw Tag Team Division, and I think it's in good hands and good shape going forward.
1: Honestly, couldn't have said it any better myself. The match was fun. Um, it did what it needed to do. I got to see a shatter machine. I was happy with this match. There's not really too much we can really say on that one. <laughs> no,
2: nah, I just want to point out, Ricochet's dive over the, uh, the ring post oh. to the outside, unreal. Yeah, he can do some
1: just wonderful unreal. things. Unreal.
2: Just, even Chad Gable like stopped what he was doing to watch because he was he was coming into the ring to come off the top rope, and he even just like stopped and watched Ricochet. He was yeah. in awe. I was in awe.
1: He's um, he's just yeah. He can do things that I've never seen people do, at least in a wrestling ring. Um, he's very innovative. Very cool. Very cool to watch. You can't. I don't think you could hate Ricochet. Um, you, you no. there's no way you could because he's just really cool. Really, really, really cool. Um, Before we move on to the next match, let's take a little listen to some of our friends, um, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes.
2: So what happened after the Attitude Era?
0: That's right. 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 I.O. W.C. When the war
2: was over, and the dust settled, what
0: really happened? And come on, Kane, honestly, who can blame her? Look at you. Who could realistically love a burnt-up freak like you? What do we make of this time period? Was it, but, and I just hear myself say three times.
1: Only two guys will have the answers. I want that golden thong. And I was like (laughs) If I want to be a tattooed fire breathing dragon, then that's all right by you.
0: And it all culminates to this the granddaddy of them all.
2: Ruthless aggression.
0: Make sure to tune into the Ruthless Aggression podcast. Starring me, myself, Levi, and my good buddy Kyle. Find us on anchor.fm forward slash ruthless pod and anywhere you can find your podcast.
1: We're still driving this car here on Fast Lane. Uh Kevin, what was up next? Was there another Elias segment from memory? Was that oh, late? Man.
2: There may have been. There may not have been. Who I know knows? there was. Three. I don't, I'm. I'm pretty. There were three. I think two had already happened at this point. Okay. Because well, there was one with the Miz, and there was one with uh, Kofi. Kofi.
1: So, all right. At some point in this little area that we talked about, uh, Elias did another song, and he shot on Kofi Kingston, basically. Um, yeah, Part for the course. Yeah. Um. So, what was up next?
2: Up next, we had what was originally supposed to be a one-on-one match on the pre-show between Andrade and Rey Mysterio. Yes, yes, yes. Turned into a Fatal 4-Way match for the United States title between those two, Andrade and Mysterio,
1: R-Truth, and obviously the champion, Samoa Joe. And, um... This Yeah. Probably, personally, I like this match the most. I really enjoyed this Fatal 4-Way. That is the, um... So, like... That to me is they didn't need a hell of a lot of time. I don't think this match went too much over ten minutes. They Just about ten. They they got their shit in and they enjoyed it. They just they just that was the perfect that was spotty. Sometimes fatal four way matches are just intended to be spot after spot after spot after spot. That that was that was what it was. Um, these were the perfect four guys to, it's funny when you give enough time, you don't need a hell of a lot, but just enough time to go out there and say, Hey, put on a decent match. And obviously these four guys all know how to work. There's a lot of years in the business between all four of those dudes. Um, Zelina and Carmella did their bit on the outside. I really enjoyed this fatal four way. (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the mark of a good fatal four way is that all four all four participants get a, get a chance to shine, and that is certainly what we saw. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously Ray and Andrade got their spots in with each other. Uh, the the diving Hurricane Rana to the outside that Ray does in and Andrade every time it gets me, it, it, it's still it's so beautifully done. As is the springboard one off the off the uh, off the ropes. Just Ray can do a lot of cool shit. And Andrade is really good as well. And R Truth got his spots in too, and maybe not as many, but you know, he, he's there to do what he's he's there to do yeah. a job, basically.
1: And R Truth is criminally, criminally underrated in the ring. R truth can hold his own. He's obviously a comedy dude. He he that's his that's his shine, that's his shtick. But R Truth can keep up with a lot of the a lot of the guys. I I always have said that about R Truth. R Truth is someone that um you can just keep up, and obviously, Rey Mysterio is someone that doesn't age, and he looks yeah. incredible. He still does crap that he did when he was in WCW twenty years ago. Um, Andrade is very, 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 very good. There's no really other way to describe Andrade. He is just really, really, really good in the ring. Um, and obviously Joe, um, there's an, uh, Joe's, Joe's Joe, and Joe's just a natural killer in the ring, and um just really a really fun match is this was really fun it was
2: it was that's what it was that's what it was meant to be i was a late addition to the card obviously there wasn't going to be too much to it because they they probably wrote it on the fly but everyone got their licks in samoa joe looks strong he tapped out Rey mysterio he wins the belt and and then the most important thing that comes out of this is like it's making me care about the United, United States title again. Yeah. Like Raw had their problem with the Raw tag team titles, SmackDown had their issues with the US title. Yeah. But Samoa Joe is making me
1: care. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Um if they do more stuff like this, um it'll it'll certainly come to fruition. This honestly, I'm not even joking when I say this, that Fatal 4-Way could be the match at Mania. If there's, I know there's rumors of John Cena and, and, um, whatever, but I don't necessarily think that Cena's going to fight Joe, but that's just my opinion. Um, I, I could see this Fatal 4-Way going into Mania, but hey, I'm, that's just my opinion. Um, moving along, um, what was next, Kevin? Was it the women's tag team titles? So let's, uh,
2: let's fire up the old Wikipedia here and take a look. <laughs> and it was ah, see, I was right. Um, yes, the Boston Hug Connection taking on Nia Jackson Samina in the not in the very first ever defense of the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships.
1: Yes. Um. Now, the when you start a championship, there's obviously going to be some. Some sort of what a transitional time to get it off its feet. Um, honestly, I do think this was probably the right two teams to go at it first. It just gets this out of the way. It builds up to other things, um, and it gives Sasha and Bailey a win. To kind of you got to try and build prestige for a championship, I guess is what I'm trying to say, and you know, no pun intended, but there's no real bigger challenge than Nia and Tamina for um, the Bus and Hug connection. Ugh. Um, So I mean, the match was eh. There was a few blown spots. Um, Yeah, uh, 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 one in particular was a pop-up, double-team Samoan drop that did not work. <laughs> there was not a lot of throw by Tamina. I think Sasha didn't really jump very high. Honestly, the only person I don't think was at fault was Nia, but everyone blamed it on Nia Jax, which people do a lot. Um, I don't yeah, that, 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 that wasn't Naya's fault. That was Nia just trying That's... to... It was, if anyone's fault, it was Tamina and Sasha's. Um they did not get a lot of air. Um, Sasha probably should have jumped higher. Tamina probably should have jumped, uh, thrown a little harder, maybe. But um, I don't know. But if anyone, I can, in my opinion, that was not Naya Jax's fault. But everyone blamed it on her. Don't worry, everybody blamed it on Naya, which That's isn't what fair. We do. It isn't fair though. We do, we blame I her. understand Naya's had her. All right, let's. I'm gonna go with it. I'm going to defend Nia Jax because order Nia Jax has had her carelessness in the ring. I understand that. The punch to Becky was a little careless. The throw to Bailey was a little careless. The issue she had with Charlotte when she nearly dropped her in her head was a little careless. I understand that. But Nia Jax can wrestle better than any of these people on the internet saying that. Nia Jax is obviously trained, and it's not like she's intentionally going out with the intention of, I'm going to hurt this person. I'm going to throw them on their head. I'm going to do this. There's been some accidents, and every single person that signs on the dotted lines of that WWE contract... Knows that their neck can be broken. Knows that their shoulder can be dislocated. Their nose can be broken. Their leg can snap. It is a part of the business. And okay, Naya has had her fair share of... She's hurt a few people. However, two t- takes two to tango. And in any of those situations, we will never know exactly who is incredibly at fault. It could have been the way someone landed. Could have been some person step left when they were told to step right. It is a thing. And, for example, the injury scare that happened with Mandy Rose and Oscar earlier this week at a live event. No one knew any details. There was a picture of Oscar holding her neck, and everyone got on Mandy Rose. Mandy's a terrible wrestler. Mandy can't do this. Mandy can't do that. Um, I had an interaction with someone on Twitter where someone was just blaming Mandy. I quoted a tweet um that had a video of it and I said, "Is it really Mandy's fault?" because to me it just looks like their wires got crossed and Oscar did something that she shouldn't have done. Um I'm not saying it was Oscar's fault or Mandy's fault. It was just simp- it was an accident and that happens. It is the same thing when everyone gets on Nia Jacks. I have always stated, you can, you can, anyone can go back and listen to my old episodes. Never once have I said Naya was a bad wrestler. Not once. I always said that accidents happen, and I had my opinion that maybe Naya had been a little careless at some stages, but in no at no point did I say Naya went out with the intention to hurt anybody. And that really grinds my gears on, that's the one time where I get really tempted just to reply to every tweet I see. It's the only time is when people (laughs) are like, they hurt this person. They did this. No, it's wrestling. There's always two in a situation and they know what they're getting themselves. They are trained to understand that they could be dropped on their head at any point. And to me, um, when people are always constantly on every single thing that Nia does because she's had her issues in the past is under a microscope any spot that goes wrong regardless of who has at fault it's Nia Jax's fault and in to get back to this match in this instance that was not Nia Jax's fault No, that no
2: that last night absolutely wasn't her fault it looked like if I were to, I don't and you know what This is a novel uh, concept, but sometimes it's not just any... Sometimes it just happens. Sometimes it's not anybody's fault.
1: It's human bodies. They're going to sometimes just do what they do. Like, we can go to jump, and we can't get as high as we thought we were going to (laughs) go.
2: Yeah, accidents happen. The the blame game is just one that everyone likes to play, and everyone likes to, to... Tailor their blame to whatever fits their narrative, their preconceived notion of how wrestlers are. With Nia and Mandy, they both very much victims of that. Like, oh, you know, it must have been their fault because they're bad wrestlers. They're not
1: bad wrestlers because you know what? If they were bad wrestlers, they wouldn't be in the WWE. Yeah, and a Brie Bella, the perfect example of getting absolutely criticized when that... Um, Live Morgan spot happened, but if you actually look at that, that is a simple accident. When one yeah, person ha- was meant to be here, one person was meant to be here, and Live went right when she should have went left, or Brie went. That was. Do you? Th- I hate it when people are like Brie Bella can't wrestle. If Brie Bella couldn't wrestle, she wouldn't be wrestling for the last twelve years. That's not in. To be honest, Brie Bella got better than Nikki at some stages, in my humble opinion. But whatever. Um, that was just. Do you would you if say if Kevin, you were a a, a pro wrestler, and you had someone like me on the internet telling me you you know you couldn't wrestle when you'd been training to do this for five, six, seven years because you accidentally kicked someone in the head and they got a concussion. I just think if I was telling you that, you would get mad, pissed at me. You'd get mad pissed at anybody saying, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, Like, Nia Jax, I wouldn't like to be Nia Jax. She would get tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet of people who don't know what they're doing in a ring telling her what she can and can't do in a ring. She knows a lot more than you and I or anyone on the internet.
2: Yeah, and the thing is, like that that shit bothers people, too. Like, it's so hard to be constantly criti- constantly criticized it just it weighs on you it takes a toll you know tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet and it just keeps coming and coming and coming and coming like that that where i don't care if you're a professional wrestler a professional bodybuilder a professional whatever people tell you you're bad at your job it's going to it's going to hurt yeah. and i no one deserves that
1: no Anyway, um, back to the match. Um, The match was... Whatever. It was okay. It was very good. There was a lot of just blown spots. Honestly. It
2: seemed For- like they weren't... Yeah, it seemed like they just... It's just one of those nights. You know, it happens. Pe- teams, People have bad matches. It, it seemed like they just weren't on the same page with one another as, you know, they could have been.
1: Yeah, honestly. um, uh, All we got to was... The noteworthy thing um, was that Tamina and Naya had a little interaction with uh, one Beth Phoenix. Um, and yes. Natalia come down to um, aid her her best friend. Um, and she ended up getting beat up by Tamina and Naya. Now, um, we talked about multi-person matches before. In my opinion, Wrestlemania is probably going to be a four-way women's tag team title match. Boss and Hug, Nia and Tamina, Beth and Natty, and probably like the Iconics.
2: I bet you'd like that, wouldn't you?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I would like the Iconics in it, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, but they seem to be positioning themselves in that kind of spot, um... Regardless of what I think about them personally, they seem yeah. to be kind of steering the iconics towards a tag team title match. But hey, I could be wrong. But I think, I think that's a safe bet. Yeah, you're now you're right that, that that the pro they're
2: on, they're getting promo time they're getting you know kickoff airtime they were just may I just say, they were absolutely brilliant on the kickoff show they last are. night.
1: I don't like when people say they can't cut promos. It's just because they can't deal with their accent. Um, I am used to that, obviously. I hear, well, not Billy's. Billy's is a little, Billy's is very thick. Um, I'm used to hearing that, that talk every single day from every person that I talk to. So I can, I can obviously. Some people, I actually had a tweet directed at me yesterday saying they don't understand what Billy Kay is saying, and I was like, well, I can, that's Straya, that's Straya talk, she's very, uh, it's very, like, uh, west suburb of Sydney, that's, like, very much, that's how people in the west of Sydney talk like that, um, so, yeah, I had someone tweet at me and saying, I don't know what Billy Kay is saying, and I'm like, Oh, wow. I didn't think it was... But anyway, I digress. I think the four-way is where we're going. Um, I'm fine with Beth Phoenix wrestling because Beth is really, really good.
2: Oh. I, I mean, it's been a while, but I'd love to see the Divas do it back together. They were so good back in...
1: Sorry, guys. We had a little brief audio issue there with uh, Kevin and my connection. Good old Skype working well for us. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, where we were kind of at was just Beths and Natty. Um, they, they were cool together. It'll be cool to probably see them at Mania. Um, the interactions between Naya and Beth will be really cool to see. Um but I don't know exactly where our audio stuffed up there, so I don't know what was recorded and what wasn't. But um, just briefly, Kev, um, you said before it stuffed up that you were excited about the fact that Beth and Natty were kind of getting back on the same page and and doing something. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. They were they excited were, they did a really good work together back
2: in like the turn of the decade, 2010, around that time maybe. They they're fun to watch together, and their interactions with Nia and Tamina, the, the the power, the the absolute power in the in that quartet of women is on it's just un, unpredictable. I, I you don't know what the, you don't
1: know what they can do. Yeah. Um. Anyway, moving along. Um. What was next on the card?
2: <laughs> it had to have been the. Uh... Had to have been the oh it was um the WWE title match was it?
1: How huh. according to Wikipedia, it was. It actually was. We're already there. Um, so we we got a triple threat match. Vince McMahon was not lying. Um, Kevin Owens, Daniel Bryan, and then. Mustafa Ali's music hit. Now, I will back up my statement before that the Kofi stuff was fine. And I was fine with them keeping it a triple threat. I honestly thought that someone else would be in it. However, now, no disrespect to Mustafa Ali. He's great in the ring. But he was in a pretty tough spot. Um, You want to get Mustafa over, but you had to have known that whoever was in that spot, um, the fans weren't going to be too incredibly happy um, because they want Kofi. We all want Kofi. I want Kofi as well. But I just, I see the bigger picture and I think it's bigger at Mania. However, um, putting Mustafa in that spot was not, it puts him in a really awkward place. Because he's not necessarily going to get booed, but he's certainly not going to get cheered, at least at the beginning. Um, There was lots of We Want Kofi chants. And um, before we get into the match, something that I did want to bring up with you is that um, my brother actually brought this up to me. But um, how weird is it? So four years ago, five years ago, um, Daniel Bryan was in that spot of Kofi. We all wanted Bryan, no matter what match was taking place. There was "We want Brian or Daniel Bryan chance or yes, chance. Um, how weird is it now that Daniel Bryan's on the other side of that? Kofi Kingston is now in that spot where they want Kofi and they want this and this and that. Um, it is really, really odd to see it as Brian was in that spot five years ago. It is
2: weird. And the thing about what Kofi was, I don't even think Kofi was on the card at WrestleMania 30, maybe in the Battle Royal. So it's it's yeah. funny to think about how, how you know how far we've come that nowadays Daniel Bryan's the champ. Kofi's the one we want, though. Kofi's the one we're chasing. It's a, it's a reversal of roles for Daniel Bryan, and he's played both sides of the coin so well. He was such a great, lovable underdog, but he's. Oh, he's, he's just as good as like a it's like that the conniving heel with Rowan by his side and shits on everybody. He's the planet's champion. He has the he threw away the WWE title belt. He's been terrific at both ends of the spectrum, heel face spectrum. And Kofi is on an absolute tear right now, to the point where yeah, we're here we're calling for him in every single match. If it's not his spot, what do we like, we want it to be his spot? Yeah, we want Kofi to be in we want
1: Kofi to be involved Um, it is um, to be honest this match was actually really good Um, they did some cool spots, the finish was awesome, Um, all played their roles very well Um, there was a few times where they wanted Kofi um, but for the most part I think they controlled it pretty well Um, Yeah. the ending I loved the Rowan interactions and that and then the little spot that Brian and, and Ali had was really cool um it was almost like a kind of omen to maybe what was going to go on at the chamber if it was going to be down to Mustafa and um Brian if Mustafa wasn't yeah. injured um it was only short but that ending that knee in midair from the crossbody, was oh. wow more bien that was real good yeah it was. Then the whole match I thought was. I thought this match was really
2: good. I, I'll give them a lot of credit because yeah, that crowd wanted Kofi. That crowd wanted Kofi yeah. bad, and, that, and they 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 shut them up. Yeah. They, that's so hard to do in today's WWE. Yep. Where fan, where fans have got their minds made up no matter what. So kudos to all three men for really controlling the crowd and getting them to come back to the match after like a like a, an inauspicious start.
1: Yeah. I agree with you. They they really did. That's how you can control the crowd and um, they those apron spots and all those cross bodies and moon and whatever the hell was going on. Um, just really really cool match. Um, where this leads to obviously Kofi's going to be involved. But who knows? Um, I hope honest I honestly hope that it's Kofi and Brian one on one at Mania. But I could easily see it being three-way, a four-way. You never know. Um, I think
2: I think Owens will be involved in the
1: match because he didn't get pinned here. Yeah, that's true.
2: Um, and I think you might see Mustafa Ali. I don't know. I don't know though. Like where his claim would be because he, considering he just got pinned.
1: So we'll see. Yeah. Um, it was a fun match though. Um, but moving right along. Uh, we had the final Elias segment, um, now, we'll talk about this one, because he sings a song, and then he goes on about how he hasn't been interrupted, um, and then, um, someone's music hits, uh, who was it? Oh, yeah, it was Lacey Evans, of course I'm gonna talk about Lacey Evans on this dang thing, um, she comes out, now, everyone knows how much I love Lacey, if you just look at my Twitter... However, Sassy Southern Belle, Ooh, I'm not feeling that nickname. Yeah, I feel forced. The Sassy Southern Belle. It seems like they're leaning out of Lacey's original gimmick slightly. Her gimmick in NXT was that she was a lady and stuff like that. But she also, in my eyes, she played on the fact that she was a former Marine, but... She had a military background, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't see that here. I just see her more of a lady, if you know what I mean. Like, but the sassy Southern Belle? A little rough. But anyway, I will uh, let it slide, I guess. But she come out, and then Randy Orton hit an RKO on Elias which then led into AJ Styles hitting a phenomenal forearm on Randy Orton. So, obviously, we're gearing up for that for Mania. And um, I just want to say that I hope nobody is sleeping on AJ Styles and Randy Orton at WrestleMania, because that will be very, very good. It will be. That's going to be a ma- – that's like a, that, that's a dream match right there.
2: Yeah. Two stalwarts of, of wrestling for the last 15 years, finally – and doing battle, we really have. I don't think we've really seen it.
1: I think, Maybe once, been on one, a, I think yeah. once on a SmackDown, but um, from that little snippet we got of it, whew, it's gonna
2: be real yeah. good. And it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna be good. I, I'm not sleeping on it from the minute I saw Styles on the apron hopping up to hit the phenomenal
1: forearm. I knew what we were again and I was all in for it. Yeah, it's gonna be really, really, really cool. Um, But anyway, let's uh, move into the next match. Um, The match that I thought was going to main event, however, I'm glad that it didn't once it was over. Um, Yeah. Becky Lynch (laughs) and Charlotte Flair, if Becky Lynch got the win in this one, uh, she's going to WrestleMania. It'd be a triple threat match for the Raw Women's Championship with two SmackDown people in it. Um, But this match was designed just to be work Becky's leg. For 10 minutes basically and you know what there's nothing wrong with that this match's intention wasn't to go and steal the show it was to tell a story and to get us to the next step now a lot of people have been very critical of this story how it's played out um granted WWE did have a pretty simple story to tell and maybe in some areas they've made it a little bit too complex but um we have both stated that we're ones just to kinda go along for the ride. And for what it was, I've enjoyed this story. It's getting us yeah, to where we need to go. That yes, there's a lot of twists and turns, but um there's also a lot of time in between the rumble and WrestleMania. If you just did the standard story, we'd probably be over it by now. At least we know well from my in my opinion, the next four weeks leading to WrestleMania can now be the standard story. Yeah, now we finally got it. We finally know what the
2: match is gonna be. We know it's gonna be a triple threat. Ron Rousey made sure of that because she caused the disqualification, got Becky DQ'd, so she went so she would be added to the match. It was it was exp- it was the expected way to do it. However, the way it played out, where it was just like she just landed one punch and then washed, I thought it was really awkward. I would have I would have assumed she would have beaten just beaten the hell out of both of them, and they would have said either Becky won because she got hit first, or they would have called it a double DQ, and by result Becky gets added to the match. I think the way they did it was a little awkward, but the idea was there. Yeah. Um. It, it they they put they kind of put Ronda in a tough spot because now she's if she's going to be the bad the bad guy in all of this. You think she wouldn't want to like toughen the odds against herself? I get the original story that she really wanted to fight Becky. I think I don't think they should have turned her yet, um, personally, because now yeah, you create a situation where she's literally helping out her worst enemy get into the match and also stacking the deck against
1: herself on purpose, which doesn't seem very heelish. Well, to me, I think she's an unconventional heel. She's almost anti-wrestling. Um, you know She is anti wrestling. Well, she is anti wrestling. Um but they're just people that are playing right into that because it's a worked shoot, if you will. Yeah. I wrestling we know Rhonda's opinion on wrestling. She stated it many times. She loves pro wrestling, she grew up watching pro wrestling. And to the people that are like, oh my god, she's breaking kayfabe, and she's doing this, she's doing that. Do y'all not watch wrestling for the last 15 years? We know what wrestling is. You and I know what wrestling is. It is, it's a scripted show. It isn't quote-unquote real. I don't think wrestling is per se fake. I wouldn't use that word to describe wrestling. However, it's predetermined. We know it is, is an act. We know Becky Lynch hasn't really got a bung knee. We know this, we know that. Um, But what Ronda is doing is just playing into the fact that people are too afraid to say that. I I understand. I don't want to disrespect this industry. I love it. But what they're doing with Ronda is just trying to get all the heat on the world with her because it is really hard to cheer for someone that shits all over the industry. But, like... To the people that are, like, doing that, isn't that just, you're being worked by WWE? And that would be all those people that are getting worked to be the first ones to admit, oh, I never get worked by WWE, I know everything. I get worked by WWE all the time. Kofi Kingston is the perfect example of that. He made us believe. They're working us. They're making us believe in someone, and then it gets cut right under our feet. That is the definition of... or not the definition, but that is a pure example of a work. Um, Ronda Rousey is doing that, in my opinion. I understand where people are coming from, and maybe if there's a line to be crossed, she's obviously stepped over it. But kayfabe has not been a thing for a long time. We all know what it is. Um, But what my opinion is, is that Because she's anti-wrestling and she's saying, you know, she can just beat the crap out of Charlotte and Becky if she really wanted to. Um, The odds kind of stacking against her is just kind of, in my mind, I see it as Ronda is doing this because she knows she can legitimately beat both of them. She's better. She thinks she is better than pro wrestling. That's what they're kind of, that's my opinion of where this is. Ronda Rousey is bigger than WWE. She's better than wrestling. She's a real fighter. Um, But here's the double edged sword with that. You're going on about saying, like, oh, Becky's disarmor is fake and it's not real and um, wrestling is scripted and it's not real. Uh, That's going to make you look like crap when you tap out at WrestleMania to the disarmor, in my opinion. Yeah. So it's. No, I I definitely see your point. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, it, this got us to where we needed to go. We're going yeah. to WrestleMania. We knew we are going to get there. I could honestly expect, as much as I don't want this to happen, I could honestly expect Vince coming out on Raw today and being like, Becky, you got a DQ victory. You're not going to WrestleMania. But I hope for... I just pray that that's not the case. I just hope we can just... Please, just let's do promos, brawls, and... Just let's build this triple threat match the way it should be built now and let's just go with it and let's put on a really incredible triple threat main event, quote-unquote, last match on the card at WrestleMania. Let's just do that now. No more silliness. Let's get away from this Becky Lynch knee injury crap. That's the one gripe I've had with this story is that they've drawn out that injury way too long um, and I really hope they kind of... Steer past that going into WrestleMania, but all in all, I'm on the ride. We're getting to the triple threat. Everyone's getting what they want. Just let's just go with it. Let's just stop complaining.
2: Yeah, if you're, you're getting pumped up, because that's what we're gonna get now. Yeah, but this is this is it. This is the road. We are on the road here. There's no more stops. It's all pedal to the metal action here, and I have a feeling we're gonna get some really good developments in this story. Yeah. Because overall, this has been a good story, yeah there have been problems with it, but that you know you don't get the perfect story all too often. no, you don't so,
1: but it is it is I'm what gonna... it is yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. We're getting towards Wrestlemania, we're getting what we want, so just take it for that people, please um mm-hmm. moving into the main event, we had the shield versus baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, Andrew McIntyre. Um, A match that I didn't think was going to go on last, but after seeing Becky and Charlotte, um, there wasn't anything else. Maybe the WWE Championship match, but uh, um, if it really was one last ride for the Shield, um, it was a cool way to do it. It was a fun match. Got Roman back on television, um, but I don't think Dean's leaving. They're saying it too much to me, that he's leaving. So it's almost like he's not leaving. But they could just be writing this out and trying to milk everything they can out of Ambrose while he's still there. You, we don't know that. But um, overall, there's not really much to say about this match other than that it was a good six-man tag match.
2: Yeah, it was very good. One of the Shield's better tag matches I could, I think of um, had callbacks to some classics like, like uh, Seth coming out of the crowd a yeah. uh, great spot, you know, power bombs. It had chaos. It had, you know, disorder. It had the referee forgetting to do his job on multiple occasions. You know, you would have figured at some point he would have started counting and maybe all that out-of-the-ring out stuff would have been uh, neutralized. But obviously, we're not here to watch a countout. We're here to watch a wrestling match, and we're here to watch one of the greatest factions of the last 20 years Go at it one more time. And I'm going to be honest with you. This felt really final to me. This did... I I think Dean is leaving. I wasn't sure. I thought I I was thinking just like you. I thought they were bringing it up too much.
1: But this felt really, really final to me. Well, hold that thought. Because, breaking news, WWE have posted that The Shield will hold their farewell address to kick off Raw. Um, oh, throw out what I just said. Because that probably means that Dean Ambrose is going to hit a Dirty Deeds on Roman Reigns.
2: Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, just just completely take what I just said and just toss it out the window because they don't know how to let a
1: good thing go. Unless something else happens, unless not... it is just a farewell address for the Shield. I don't see that as a thing. Typically, Roars after pay-per-views is a little bit of a... Not a reset, but... um. They certainly gear up everything. Every Raw After a Pay-Per-View is always a decent show. Um, I'm sure this one will be no different. They're in uh, Pittsburgh, I believe. Um, Yes. So, listen. Dean's probably going to do something because Roman needs something to do at WrestleMania. And obviously a story here would be Dean and Roman. It's kind of the untouched story of The Shield. Yeah, because
2: we've gotten so much Dean and we've gotten so much Dean and Seth, right?
1: So much Roman we've gotten and Seth, gotten too.
2: Roman and Seth yeah. but we haven't seen Roman and Dean really.
1: Not, I can't recall them ever having a one-on-one
2: contest. They, I know they had at least one at Survivor Series. Oh 2000, yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. Sorry, my bad. Fifteen. Yes. Oh, uh, but that, I think that's it. Um, We haven't really seen it, and, I mean, it gives something for them to do at Mania. Um, And if Dean is really leaving, I guess that's a good way to leave, is fighting Roman. Yeah. Um, But whether that happens or not is another story, because you never really can believe anything that comes out of WWE's mouth. (laughs) That's the thing. You, you have to take every sort of last time
2: ever, last once-in-a-lifetime type of deal. You have to take that with a grain of salt because this is the WWE. And we know that once they have something good, they beat it
1: and beat it and beat it into the ground. Oh, they milk it. It's like they, they're they like Disney in that respect. Disney milk everything for anything they can get. I mean, there's a Toy Story 4 coming out in a few months. Like it's That's going to be good, though. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'll watch it too. Just saying, but... that's gonna that movie's gonna make me cry.
2: Like, tw- like that's what I said when Toy Story three came out, I was like, oh, do we really need another Toy Story this far along?" It was, sad. and that movie, that movie was fantastic.
1: Toy Story two so... is my favorite movie ever. Just side note. Um, so anyway, oh, okay. WWE are gonna milk it, and they're gonna. They're going to make it is what it is. But, hey, we need something for WrestleMania to sink our teeth into with Roman and Dean. So, hey. But, hey, this could just be a farewell address. We don't know. But I never believe anything with wrestling. Um, But, overall, as we kind of wrap down, we're only 10 minutes or so away from Raw. Um, Fastlane was fine. It did what it needed to. It got us, you know, past that to get to WrestleMania. There were some good matches. Um... It was a good show for the most part.
2: Yeah, it really was. Um, it I had and, I, and you know with the card on hand that we had, I think a lot of us expected a decent show. So it was glad, I'm glad they were able. To, I'm glad they were able to deliver because a bad show right before WrestleMania would be a would not be. A, they'd almost have to like reset. and yeah. they don't have time to do that now.
1: Yeah. Um. But anyway. Um It's not really too much else to talk about with Fastlane. We're all gearing up for Raw and, and WrestleMania. Um, one thing that I do need to... We're going to be... um Me and Kev are going to have a chat in the next few days about what we're planning to do for WrestleMania week. Because we're going to be around, obviously. Um I have the week off of work, so I'm going to be very flexible in my time of when I can and can't record. I'm pretty much going to be home all week. Um... So, the week leading into Mania, you'll probably hear our voices probably three or four times throughout the week. We're going to do a reverb rewind, a special WrestleMania edition of Reverb Rewind that week. Um, we're going to do a WrestleMania prediction show for our debut on Brainbuster Radio. Um, just a lot of WrestleMania fun kind of deals, I guess is the word. Um, yeah. Also, you need to make sure that you go to Kevin's twitter at kevin c wrestling because you still have a few days left to vote for the special nxt takeover reverb rewind edition that's going to take place this time next week so um before or after raw whenever we decide to record um it's going to be an nxt Takeover. it's it's a relatively tight race too it is it really is i had the opportunity this time of voting obviously because i um uh, didn't make the poll. I got Kevin is the one behind the brains behind this one. Um, whatever wins though, it'll be a good show cause all takeovers are pretty dang good. Um, yeah. I, and I made sure to pick four of them that we
2: would have ample, to, we'd have, you know, at least something worthwhile to talk about.
1: Yeah, they all do. Um, I know what I picked, I'll keep that to myself, but, uh, I, uh, I'm excited to watch a takeover because I'll probably watch it on the poll ends this Thursday, your time, Friday, my time. So this weekend, I'll crank out a takeover before we record and it'll be sweet. It'll be good. I'm really excited for that.
2: Yep. 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 Yep.
1: Um, other than that, we're gearing up for Raw. We're ready for that. Um, we'll catch you guys later this week for another edition of Wrestling Reverb. Um, we got some cool stuff coming up with Brainbuster, and we have the one thing that kind of steered me towards Brainbuster was the fact that we have 100% creative freedom to do whatever the hell we want. We can, he, he, Wilf does not care what we do as long as we produce good content. And I think at this point, me and Kevin are pretty comfortable with each other to do that. So, um, yeah sometimes kevin and i don't have we have sometimes we have our episodes planned out like segment for segment and other times we just roll with the punches and have a chat and that's probably going to be later this week we're just going to have a little bit of a chit chat about wrestling and see what happens on raw and smackdown this week um it'll be fun so um anything else you want to add to that kevin
2: uh, no, just make sure you, you're you're following us all over uh, social media. You're subscribing to the podcast on wherever you get short podcasts. We're gonna have some exciting we're gonna have some exciting things in the work coming up. Like you said, it's WrestleMania weekend in just a few short weeks now. Only twenty eight days, twenty seven days away yeah. from WrestleMania. This is the time to this is the time to subscribe. This is the time to get listening. So
1: here we are. Yeah, this is gonna be really cool. Um, we'll catch you guys later this week, and, uh, yeah, peace out, bye.
0: Welcome to Wrestling On Karen's Podcast, where I discuss all things WWE, Available on Apple Podcasts, Part of Cat, and Spotify. The blog is available on wrestlingonkaren.blogspot.com.